Hey there, welcome to Rekindle Your Light. I'm Idaiber Orozco, your host on this journey of rediscovering hope and resilience. Each week, we talk about reigniting that inner spark that never really fades. And we don't just stop at inspiration. We actually unpack practical tools. As a sole purpose coach, actor, human design reader, and emotion code practitioner, I am your go-to for heartfelt conversations. Let this podcast be that gentle notch, encouraging you to step the your goals and dreams. Now, open your heart and let your soul listen. This is Rekindle Your Light. What if I told you that you can have a better, happier, more balanced life if you only made a 1% shift? Intrigued? You should be. Today, we delve into the transformative power of small, sustainable changes with our special guest, Robin Jonas, an integrative holistic health coach who's an expert in gut health and emotional eating. We often think that major life overhauls are necessary for meaningful change, but Robin's approach is different. She advocates for the magic of tiny habits, those little shifts in our daily routines that can lead to a healthier, more fulfilling lifestyle. Like she says, it's not just about the food we eat, but also the soul food, the nourishment we provide our minds and hearts. In this episode, Robin shares her inspiring journey from being a teacher to embracing her calling as a health coach. Her story is a powerful reminder that our journey of learning and growing is a constant evolving process. So whether you're looking to transform your eating habits or seeking inspiration for personal growth, this episode is for you. Join us as we explore the intertwined paths of physical health and emotional well-being and discover how even the smallest changes can lead to the most significant transformations in our lives. Are you feeling lost or stuck lately? Wondering what your next step should be amidst all this doubt and confusion? Maybe you're searching for that elusive sense of purpose, but you just can't seem to find it. Well, guess what? I'm right here for you. Think of me as your straightforward, kind-hearted friend who's ready to help you figure things out. Together, we'll tailor a plan that fits you perfectly using all the tools I've got. It's time to take action. Head over to rekindleyourlight.com and book your free session. Ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone. I am here with Robin today, who's going to talk to us about her story. She works with nutrition and wellness and gut health. So we want to learn all about how she even got there. And I'll let you introduce yourself. You can tell us a little bit of uh, who you are, where you're at and about your story. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I feel honored that I'm getting to be a guest on your show. So I appreciate that. When I was growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. I was wanted to work with children. And I just kind of kept coming back to that. And so in my first part of my journey, I was a teacher and I absolutely loved it. And I actually ended up getting my master's and moving into working with adults. I did a lot of curriculum integration and technology integration. And so that was my first experience coaching, you know, adults into where they needed to go. And that was a very interesting time for me because it wasn't what I was expecting. Right. And so I learned a lot. And then I also knew when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And so fortunately we could do that. And so then I became a mom and that's actually where like the crazy life journey began because Mm -hmm. nobody tells you how to be a mom, right? Nobody really gives you like the handbook. And so each of my daughters had different things that happened to them health wise while they were growing up and, you know, getting the answers of this might be something that they just will have to learn how to live with, or this is just a virus. It'll resolve itself, you know, in, in 10 days or 
here, put another steroid cream on her eczema or my questioning of like, well, why does she have eczema in the first place? And so there was never, no, I never found like a lot of whys. And it just kind of got to me to where I was just thinking one day, like there has to be a cause for some of these things and I'm not getting it. And, and honestly, like, I feel like the straw that broke the camel's back that saying was when she had eczema, she also got this really like weird rash on her stomach. And when I took her to the pediatrician, he suggested putting a cap full of bleach in the bath and that would kind of kill whatever he thought the. Wow. And I just, I mean, at that moment, I just looked at him and I said, evidently you don't really know me. I said, because I don't even bleach my clothes. Why would I put bleach on my daughter? And also she has eczema. So if we were to do that, that would dry her skin out and that would become worse. And I just said to myself, this is the end of our relationship, <laughs> you know, like in my mind. And so then I found a new pediatrician that was half holistic and half Western. And that's where the light bulb started to go off for me. There was so much goodness and connection and testing that they did. There was one point where with one of my daughters, we thought she might have I kept feeling like maybe she had ADD and I wasn't really sure. And so when I addressed it with them, the gold standard for that is here, look at this sheet. Does she have these symptoms? Here's some medication. And they, they took it a step further. And they said, before we were to ever do anything like that, we really want to look at her gut health. And that was the first time that conversation kind of came up for me. And I was like, let's do it, you know, like, yes. And so that was really a pivotal point for me, seeing the connection of what your gut and your brain, because they also did neurotransmitter testing mm -hmm. to see the connection there really just lit me up. And it really gave us, it painted a picture. She basically had candida, which is an overgrowth of bacteria in her mm -hmm. gut, which made her have symptoms that were like ADD. And I just felt like, so thankful that we were with them and not the other pediatrician, because mm -hmm. again, medicine sometimes is needed for sure. I'm not against medicine, but that wasn't going to solve the root cause. And after doing an elimination diet and killing off, eradicating that yeast, I mean, she was like a different person and this was like age 12 or 13. And that, you know, along with a lot of other little things that really just spiraled me into thinking, I want to go back to school. I want to get educated enough to where I can then feel confident enough to educate others. And with my education background and the passion for health and wellness, I went back and I got certified as an integrative holistic health coach. And I specialized in gut health and emotional eating. And so I've been coaching one-to-one -one for three, almost four years. And now I've pivoted a little bit. I'm still doing that, but I'm adding on. I've got my podcast, which I'm absolutely in love with. It's been the best thing ever. And now I'm creating a community for empty nest moms, because that's a, an area in which I feel like there's no support. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, and I'm in creation of a course. So there's a lot coming down the pipeline. I'm just taking it kind of one step at a time. So yeah, yeah. it's fascinating because I think there's obviously that mother's instinct that you had of like, let me just go deeper here. But there was also some sort of, I, the way I see it is some sort of guidance where mm -hmm. without you noticing at the beginning, being guided into researching and getting more involved and asking the right questions. I think sometimes we look up at doctors and allow them to tell us everything without us questioning why yes. and going back to the root cause and going back to okay, this is, this are, like you said, these are the symptoms. These are the result of something else going on and not taking just 
anybody's statement as an answer and being like, oh, this is it. It's like, no, being able to ask more questions and being able to do your own research and take charge and take ownership of your own health. And dealing with two daughters that that probably becomes even more prevalent. And, and there's a sense of urgency of like, well, this is not just me. These are my daughters that I have the responsibility and the love to take care of. So is that something that you also experience yourself? Like, do you have a, a health issue or an emotional issue where you have to do your own research and kind of like try to find healing? A hundred percent. And everything you just said is so spot on because I feel like as a mom, when something is wrong with your kids, you just get this maternal instinct. And for me, it was like my mama bear was just coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. And what happens often is that moms forget about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. We don't feel good, but we're just going to ignore the symptoms and we're going to keep going because we're doing everything for everybody else, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I I have Hashimoto's, which Mm -hmm. is a type of thyroid issue, but it's an autoimmune issue. And I was told years ago that it was just something I was going to have to live with. And of course that did not sit well with me. So for myself, I started down my own journey and it's not something that you heal necessarily, but you, I control the flares. And so I don't really get a lot of flares unless I'm under a great deal of stress, which usually those are big pivotal moments, you know, like Mm -hmm. death of a loved one or something like that, that, you know, kind of sometimes that makes it react. But other than that, I'm pretty good. I know that I cannot have gluten. I know that I cannot have dairy and I don't, I'm not celiac, but gluten for your thyroid it makes for me, it makes the symptoms exasperated. So I've just learned along the way things that I need to do for myself to make my health and wellness the best. And what I teach people to do is to listen intuitively to their self and to get the labs and get the stuff, but listen to yourself. If you eat something and you're not feeling well, that's a signal. Your body's talking. Our bodies are always communicating Mm -hmm. with us. And so it's about really getting in tune with that and understanding what triggers are that cause certain things. And so in a long roundabout way, yes, I have dealt with um, that. And obviously menopause, you know, there's been some things that have presented where, you know, I've had to, to go down the rabbit hole to figure out, but I don't take no for an answer. I will try pretty much anything within raisin energy work, acupuncture, meditation. I mean, I try it all and Mm -hmm. all of it seems to fit where it needs to fit. And it gives me results where I, where I need to have them. So Yes, you know, I have been in the holistic approach towards my health for at least five years. And it's amazing. Something, so, yeah, something that you said that resonated so much is like your body is constantly talking and speaking to us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something obvious as like, oh, I I had stomachache. It could be something mm-hmm. like energy levels, your mm-hmm. sleep patterns your mood like sometimes we don't necessarily associate that with the things that we're putting in our body and we just blame something else for it and it's like there's a direct relation in between what we're eating and how our body's responding and you talk about getting more attuned with your body which again it goes beyond just when you're having an illness and when you're having like a bad food reaction, there's everything else is related to it. So I know that you are someone who speaks a lot about making small changes in your life and Mm -hmm. how there's just small shifts that you can do every day. 
So what would you recommend for someone who's new at this holistic approach to start noticing and start making those shifts and what those shifts will look like for you? Well, shifts will look different for everybody, but I call my approach is called the 1% shift method because what I have found is when we're trying to make a habit change, we've been conditioned, let me back up. So we've been conditioned as a society that you jump on a diet, you get a quick fix, you lose 10 pounds you're supposed to feel amazing and you're supposed to then just go back to your other, whatever you were doing prior. Mm -hmm. And that's not sustainable and it doesn't work. I mean, that's been proven over and over. I mean, you have got to change the little tiny habits in order to create the lifestyle. And so when I'm working with somebody or talking with somebody in general, it's like, what is one small thing you can do right now that if you continue to do that same thing, repetitively over and over and over and over down the road is going to give you a bigger outcome. So for example, if you're working on first thing I would work on is your routines, sleep routines and morning routines, because those set you up for the day. And then it, it ends your day in a certain way. And if you can balance those two out and you'll have a better day in between, but you'll also get better rest. And so something in the morning this is just a hypothetical, but something in the morning is, you know, getting natural sunlight in your eyes. People may not know this, but when you get natural sunlight in your eyes in the morning, it sets up your melatonin for the night. So if you're somebody that's hopping out of bed and you're looking directly at your screen, first thing in the morning, that would be one thing I would say, move your phone away from you, you know, in the bathroom or in another room so that you're not, cause that temptation is hard. It's, it's mm -hmm. an addictive device. And we all have that addiction to our devices. And if you say you don't, well, I would have to probably challenge that. So I would say, you know, doing that one thing, taking the phone and removing it will start your day in a different way. And perhaps stepping out on your porch, if you have enough, you know, if, if you're in a warm climate, warmer climate, even if you're not bundle up, but stepping out on the porch with your coffee and just feeling the fresh air. It's like the little tiny shift of those two things, which seem like nothing literally could change your entire day if you have the right mindset around it. So when we talk about little shifts, we're not going to say, mm, I'm going to eat kale today. And then Friday, I'm going to wear a size, you know, back in my size two dress. It's not reality. And if you set yourself up for that, you're really just doing a disservice to yourself because you're not only probably not going to get there, but you're also going to cause a lot of turmoil and emotional stuff that will come up. So when you're looking at something you would like to achieve, really break it down into those micro steps and then do those repetitively. And then you'll start to see change in a bigger way in the long run. Does that yes. make sense? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's all about making it digestible and sustainable. So if, 100%. If, if it looks like too big of a task, it's just, you, you talk about the emotional component, which is so important, right? If mm -hmm. we don't see the results right away, because we're trying to accomplish something so big, let's say, oh, I'm going to set myself to run five miles every day. Then I'm mm -hmm. going to beat myself up when I can't do it because it's raining or because I just, I'm tired, whatever the case is. So, but if we make those small shifts, then they become sustainable and then they become just natural part of your lifestyle. You, yes. you spoke about gluten, you know, and I think that gluten is something that in general affects everybody in different ways. And that is something that I've been, I've been dealing with for several months now, because I think I'm gluten sensitive, but I think I can still have it. It's just that I choose not to have it because I notice the difference. Mm -hmm. I notice, especially when it comes to my energy and even with inflammation, like yes, I, could, I, sure. could, I could see 
it's almost like immediate. Like if I decide to have a, a piece of bread that has gluten in it versus not gluten in it, I can totally see how it sets the rest of my day for success or not. Energy wise, I can see myself being already like a little bit swollen or even having some sort of discomfort pain. Mm -hmm. So I completely try as much as possible to avoid gluten. And, and just like that, you know, many other changes and adjustments that I've been making throughout the years that sometimes I have gotten frustrated with. And I'm like, oh, why do I have to deprive myself from this thing? So it's always looking for alternatives that will still make me happy and embrace them versus reject them or resent the changes. So I think the emotional component is very, very important. So you spoke about something that you do in your routine, which is meditation. What else can you recommend someone to continue working on this mindset to correlate both the the wellness when it comes to nutrition and the wellness when it comes to mindfulness? So I I think intention, I think really just getting present and finding intention behind the, the, what you're doing, but also the, why you're doing it. And I hear you very loud and clear because it is a way that I felt once felt, and I don't feel it anymore. And I think I don't feel it because I've grown into a little, I've grown differently. Right. So the gluten thing, when I would eat gluten, my stomach would, we call it a food baby, right? It's like, it looks like you're pregnant when you're not, you know, that kind of a thing. And you know, 15 years ago, when I started this journey, I was like, there's nothing to eat, you know, like where (laughs) I don't have a sweet and I don't have a whatever. Well, that was just a a made up thought that I had because our society doesn't really make healthy options. But I will say in the last 15 years, there's been a big shift. And so if you are someone that's gluten sensitive, there are alternatives that you can get pretty much for anything as swaps, even not making it homemade. So there are some things in the store. There are certain things like ingredient reading that I'm really passionate about that I love to teach people about, because I think when you know what's in your food, you can be empowered to make better choices for yourself. We never should feel deprived. We should never feel angry because we're not having something. It should always, you know, the shift comes where it's, you can't always eat it. You can, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's, you know, nobody's saying you can't, you're choosing to. And so why are you choosing to, you're choosing to, because you want to feel a certain way, right. And in order to feel that certain way that doesn't serve you well. And so when you look at food, I often relate it to drugs, right? So if you're somebody who um, doesn't do drugs because it's not your thing or, or uh, you know, whatever, you're not upset that you're not doing it. You don't do it because you know that it could potentially be harmful to you. And it's the same thing. It's just reframing how you look at it and finding good alternatives. I think that's really important when you're going through the transition is to make sure that you do have a suite you know, that you do have something that makes you feel satiated. And what honestly happens is then months down the road, when you've been doing something different, when you go back, you know, and you decide, okay, today, I'm just going to have a little bit of that. It's definitely different. You're not as satiated from it. It's very sweet. You don't feel good faster than what you did before, you know, so there's just a lot of stuff. And again, that's just your body telling you you're making good choices the other way. So I just think for people who are looking when you mentioned inflammation, gluten definitely is an inflammatory food, but so are seed oils, mm-hmm. corn, soy, and dairy. So if you're somebody who's sensitive to inflammation, those would be my five top recommendations to eat less of or take out and then add back in and then see which ones actually 
affect you because that's a really good test. It's called elimination. You would eliminate those five things for, I don't know, a week or two, two weeks, three weeks. And then when you start introducing just like a baby, you introduce one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And within 24 to 48 hours, your body will talk to you for sure. And it will say, this is great, or this is not great. You know, and when people do that, the uh, big light bulbs that go off, it's pretty cool because your body is is a machine, but it will take the, the, I call it abuse, but it takes the abuse you give it right. Because it, it's just what it's used to. And it doesn't always, it might show you little tiny symptoms, right? But when you remove it and then you bring it back, it's very different. You really do see a bigger picture. So I hope I answered your question. Yes. Yes. And intention. And this is something that I lead my life with every day. I talk about it all the time. I talk about it in the podcast. I talk about it in my social media. Everything starts with intention and your why. Why do you want to feel this way? Because it's going to make your life better because it's going to make your life, the people around you feel also better. So you, you got to find your own reasons why you do things and why you don't do them. But yeah, you perfectly answered that question. I also think that there's so much disinformation out there and sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes very overwhelming. So yes. even the tips that you're offering and, and even having specific examples of what those foods that cause inflammation are. I think that's very helpful for anybody to get familiarized with. When I started my own health journey, I had no idea about a lot of these things because a lot of these things are staples in not only the American diet, but the Hispanic diet. Mm -hmm. So if you tell a Hispanic that you cannot have corn anymore, you cannot have tortillas anymore, you cannot have arepas anymore, we're like, what (laughs) What are you talking about? I do believe when you find the actual trigger, when you heal your gut, you actually can have some of it. So I don't want people to think it's like a death sentence that I'm never going to be able to have these things again. But if you are excluding other things and you're just having a corn or an arepa or whatever, your body can actually process it. You know, it, it's kind of like taking, I always refer to it as like taking gas and like oil. And as you know, when they, when they kind of coagulate together, that's what happens when you have too much of something, right? So too mm-hmm. much inflammatory stuff gets all clogged up. But if your body's flowing naturally and things are going and you're going to the bathroom and and your liver's detoxing and all the things are happening, when you go to digest something that maybe you once weren't able to digest, you now can. Mm -hmm. So I want people Mm -hmm. not to get super freaked out, you know, because again, you're right. Some of these things are cultural things Mm -hmm. and they're family heritage things and, and they're important to us. But the most important thing is that you feel your best And then you kind of reintroduce some of the things. Um, Yes, yes. Actually, I I was going to comment on that because when I went back to my holistic doctor in the last few months and we were looking at my blood results and all of it, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I asked is like, well, what? when can I (laughs) eat some of this stuff again? And he's like, so he made it sound like, well, what do you mean? You don't have to eat them again. And he said, if you have to pick one thing, what would it be? And I said, corn. And he said, okay, we'll try it. Try it and see what what it feels like. And I started incorporating very, very slowly. And it has been fine. It has been great. I don't eat it every day. I don't need it every day. Moderation, right? Moderation. Also, I try as much as possible to make everything in general, everything that I eat, I try to make sure that it's organic. Mm-hmm. And that always is going to have a different result in your body and feeling in your body as well. So, but I'm with you. I I think that you know, everything in moderation and everybody will have to have their own consultation and doctor in order to figure out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. So we're not here giving any medical advice, but it's more like, no. I, I, it's more like a journey and understanding 
how do you get to where you were, where you were pretty much in a position of powerlessness, where you couldn't make yes. those decisions because you've been, you've been told to do things until something crazy was said to you and you're like, wait a minute, let's let's look at this further. And I think that the more we question these results and these diagnoses, the more empowerment we give back to ourselves. And you, you said that's exactly the reason why you wanted to go in that route, because you realize that there is a better way to do these things. And there is a better way to help my daughters and to help myself. Like you say, it's a lifestyle. It's not something that you're going to do for a moment that you're going to do for a week. That is the, the the diet of the moment. It's something that it has to be sustainable. So it has to feel right for you to, to feel good and go and shine your light and, and do That's what right. you're meant to be doing. That's right. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, wellness and health is not just the food on your plate. Wellness and health, we also call it, we have two different types of food. So we call it secondary food, which is the food on your plate. And there's also what we call primary food, which is everything off your plate that feeds your soul. And so that's stuff like joy, career, creativity, home living, relationships. So if, if that wheel of things is not in balance and you're very out of alignment in those areas, you're, you're not ever going to get the results you think you're going to get by eating healthier. So it's kind of like if you have, you know, all the right things going on over here, but you're in a very toxic relationship, your body is in fight or flight, like 90% of the time, the digestion shuts down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important because everything in our world up until recently has been very segmented. So you go to the heart doctor for your heart and you go to the lung doctor for your lung. And yes, there needs to be specialists in all areas of their body, but we forget that the heart can't beat without the lungs pumping, without the, this, everything is connected. And so again, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or any kind of mental health issues, Mm -hmm. I always say, get curious about what's happening in your gut because your gut and your brain are connected. What happens in your brain only gets dispersed 20% to your body, but what happens in your body gets dispersed 80% up to your mind. So up to your brain. So you really want to take a look at how your body is functioning and the wellness of your mind altogether. If you're someone that doesn't experience a lot of joy because we forget how to do that because we're in the hustle of the crazy life that we live, I would encourage you ask yourself, where do you find joy? And if you can't answer that, start looking in that direction and finding something that actually physically brings you joy and repeat that behavior every day and see how your life changes. But you're currently modeling that. You already have a podcast. You're in the process of creating a digital course and you are creating other things. So all of these things that you're birthing are part of your own creative process. So tell me more about that. What is it that you have in the works right now? So I love working on one-to-one. I really do. I think I've learned so much and I value my time with each of my clients. And I really find such joy in watching them take the power back and implement things for themselves and then seeing how much they can grow on their own. But I'm also very passionate about community and togetherness because I feel like we are humans and humans belong in community. And with everything that has spun out in the last couple of years, we really have lost that. A lot of times we're working from home, we're just alone a lot and Mm -hmm. it's not good for us. And I have stepped into the last three years into the empty nest phase of life where one of our daughters went away and my other daughter's a senior. And what I realized was at the time my older daughter went away, 
I didn't handle it very well. I pretended like she went to camp and that was really, really wasn't a good coping mechanism because of what happened when she came home that first time, like she was different, right? Because when they would go to camp, they would go away and come back and things settled down. It was exactly the same, right? And this was different because she went away. And when she came back, she was, she was doing her own thing. Like she was, you know, it was like just such, and I wasn't prepared for that because I was envisioning she's coming back from camp. It's going to all just go back. Right. And so I struggled for the rest of that year trying to figure out where's my place? Where's my place in her life? How has my mom role changed? Where are my people? Like, you know, it's like I didn't have people. I have a few friends that were in that same phase of life, but I feel like we also don't talk about it a lot. It's like when you're young and you have that first baby, you go to mommy and me club for survival. You go there because you got to fit in with people who are not sleeping and all this stuff. And then, you know, then you've got the toddler 3am, you know, kids that phase of life, but you always have moms throughout each season of your life in school. You've got, you know, you're volunteering with moms of that grade level, but it's like when the empty nest phase comes, it's like, where's the support for the change. And I don't really see, I don't see anything. I haven't really found much um, Mm -hmm. out there. And after doing my research and talking to a bunch of moms, you know, what I I kept having the same conversation. It's like, we're trying to reinvent ourselves. We're trying to grow up again. You know, we're trying to figure out what our life looks like now without, without not only the kids being in it on a daily basis, but all that was once known in the last 12 years is different. You're not hanging out with those parents at the football games anymore. It just changes. And so it really just got me thinking. And it just was, it's just been so on my heart to create something for women to come together, to be seen, to be heard, and to walk through these steps together so that we feel like we're able to step into our, I'm not going to say new purpose, but our rediscovered purpose. Because I think a lot of times moms forget who they are. They forget what they're passionate about and what their actual purpose is. You're not just here to be a mom. Mm -hmm. You're here for so much more. And I want to help women walk into that with ease and not, you know, being so sad and you're going to be sad. You're going to have all the emotions. And it's probably the craziest set of emotions I have faced yet, where it's like you, you feel complete joy for the fact that your children are in a space where they can thrive on their own. Right. Cause that's what you do as a mom and a parent, you know, you bring them up, but also a grief and sadness mm-hmm. and loss, you know? And so it's like, how does that happen? Like simultaneously, it's like, you're happy and sad all. And so again, I just found like, I feel like people are suffering in silence and I don't think that's okay. And it's a membership and it's just a place for people to go, you know, to meet up twice a month to get content, health and wellness, things that are going to happen in this phase of life, menopause, perimenopause, you know, just empty nesting in general and all of that. And then the course is going to be for people who want to really get their health back. And so it's pillars that people can walk through to learn and then to take that learning knowledge and to apply it to themselves, however they feel is best for them. So needed, both of them, I think. Thank you. By you expressing your creativity in that way is going to bring you more joys. It's going to be a ripple effect to your clients as well. So congratulations. I am so excited to see that. And I always like to finish her interview with a random question from my, to be honest, deck. All right. I'm excited. Let's see. Let me just pull one card. Oh, this is kind of like on the on the realm of what we've been talking about. <laughs> so this is from dreams and goals category. And it's the question is, what's one habit that has been helping you and one habit that has been hurting you? Hmm, that's interesting. So I would say one habit that helps me on a daily basis is my quiet time in the morning, which is where I 
do my devotional. I might meditate. It changes. I do journaling, just whatever I feel like that day, but that, that I say would help. And I think the habit that is hurting me right now would be staying up a little bit later and not having my normal bedtime routine because I'm working on things that light me up, but I'm working on things. And so to be present with my family, sometimes I'm picking a little bit up of that at nighttime. So that would probably be my sleep. I would say would, yes. it's all good. Oh, I, it totally resonates. I've been going to bed so late because of the same thing I'm doing. I'm creating things and I, I get, I'm getting for some reason, an extra spark of creativity at night, which yeah. for me, who I'm an, a morning person, I think oh, it, okay. it's a little random, but I'm kind of embracing it and trying to be careful about how to place my rest back to normal because yeah. I have to, I have to, be very intentional about that as well because we can forget yeah we can forget right. about it when we're lit up about things and you just want to keep going and don't want to lose momentum and just just want to see the end result too like oh I yeah. just want to I just want to see what it's going to look like and the, the reality is that a lot of these things that we're creating are going to shift are going to change are going to become something else later but yeah. The fact that we're putting ourselves out there and just doing it and creating it, it gives permission to other people. So to say, you know what, I can, I can start again. I can try this new thing and I might fail at it, but at least I'm going to try it and I'm going to give it my best. So absolutely. So what would be your, what's your habit that's serving you the best right now? I would say it's definitely tied to my morning routine as well. And the first thing that I'm doing every morning without fail is my meditation. Like before I even do anything, I'm I'm actually, I started to do it while I'm still in bed to force myself to get that done before I do anything else. Because since I'm in this creative birthing process, I feel like my senses are stimulated too quick, too early, because my Mm -hmm. brain still is going to the to-do list, the interviews that I'm going to do or the interviews (laughs) that I'm going to be in and all of that thing. So before any of that hits me, then I'm like, let me do my meditation. And that is, it's been very helpful to kind of ground me back to the things that I'm trying to intentionally manifest. And I love that very purposeful about it. So even the kind of meditations that I'm doing are all around the theme of intentions, manifesting, prosperity, abundance, healing. I've been doing a lot of healing meditations and yeah, it's been super, super helpful to have them. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think that's such a great way to look at it. You know, before you hit, put your feet on the floor, you've mm-hmm. done, you've, you've fed your soul basically, which is amazing. I love that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I I definitely learned more things today, which is, which is always a good thing to, to mark on your list, right? Even if you didn't have it like, okay, learn something new today. When you do, it feels like, oh yes, I learned something new today. And I love that. So thank you so much for sharing your, your journey and your knowledge with us. And I I can't wait to see the results of all these things that you're creating. So thank you. Likewise. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced and mixed by Leo Rod. And thanks to Mark West and Mark West Art for the fantastic show music. Before you go, I've got three quick favors to ask. First, hit the subscribe button. Next, if you know someone who could use a little spark in their life, share this episode with them. Just imagine that you're spreading joy like a puppy wagging its tail. Lastly, leave a review. Every review makes me as happy as a puppy with a new chew toy. You get it. But seriously, your support is what keeps this show going and glowing. Keep shining bright, my friend.